So, hi there, listeners. This is Dom from In The Snow magazine. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Stewart. Rob, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dom. Very good. So this week, Rob, we're normally doing our regular fortnightly podcast, but you had a fantastic week. I saw this interview. You interviewed Dave Riding. What a fantastic opportunity. So we thought we'd release that as today's podcast. Tell us a little bit about that uh, that interview. Yeah, it was a brilliant opportunity because Dave's been out of the UK training in Belgium. In, on the indoor slope for a long time now but he as you do to, yeah as you do and uh, he had to come back to the UK for a short period of time and I caught up with him in Birmingham actually between where he lives and where I live so very very fortunate uh, meet up there and we got into a studio and we did a we did a 15 minute interview and I think it's there's some really really interesting stuff in there well, I have to say I loved it let's have a good listen now So I'm lucky enough to have caught up with Dave Riding before the winter starts here in Birmingham, actually. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So uh, you're here on a rare visit to the UK. I think you've been, where have you been? Uh, I've just been in Belgium of all Alpine resorts. Yeah, indoor snow training. We've done a block of four weeks, actually, indoors. So, uh, yeah. And how do you find like the gradient of a slope like that compared to, what, what you know, when you're racing? It must be very different. Yeah, the gradient's different, but obviously um, we're more there for the, the snow conditions rather than anything. Because in the Alps at the moment, it's very inconsistent weather, no stable weather or anything. So we go there, we know what we're going to get, and we can just work on what we need to work on with equipment as well. So it's, uh, it's pretty powerful in there. Okay, so looking ahead to this winter then, I mean, obviously... Let's just start with a very easy question of what are your goals for, the, for this uh, season? Yeah, I've not really set any strict goals because whenever I, like my goal as a kid was to be in the top 30, that was it. And then obviously it's just, I've just kept progressing and to win in a World Cup. So I would I would expect to myself to be challenging for podiums, top 10s minimum. Um, and that's where I want to be like, like every year. So I think st- stick with the same sort of goals. Obviously we've got the world champs in February, which are very important. Um, but yeah, challenge the top 10 in the world. That's where you want to be. And if you're there all week in, week out, you'll be right around the podium. Do you think, I mean, obviously what happened last winter, fantastic. Congratulations on a first place in the World Cup. Yeah. First time any British skier has managed to achieve that. It's an incredible achievement. But do you think that in itself, you know, do you think you've kind of reached the ultimate goal and do you feel a little bit more relaxed and then maybe that's a dangerous situation to be in? Um, I, I never relaxed because I just, if I'm going to do this and I, I have to commit because I don't want to do it and not do well um, because then I may as well stop. So there's certainly um, certainly still a lot of pressure from myself. My, the, I always believed, certainly after getting the podium in 2017, I always believed that I had the speed to win and I've been very close a lot of times but never done it. So to, to do that was a, was a huge relief. Um, and, and yeah, and just in Kitzbühel, the most perfect place to do it. So dreams, as I said at the bottom, dream, I don't think dreams get better in the, in the ski racing world. So, but yeah, pressure is definitely on. Um, I have two, the two young guys with me, Billy and Laurie training with me. They keep me on my toes every single session. So, um, yeah, I just want to keep, keep competing at the top, really. And I, re- I remember watching on TV live, and I, I watched the first run, and I, c- I can't remember where you were after the first Sweet. run, but 
You were sixth. Sick. Yeah, you were in a decent position. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, and I was going to go out and play tennis, I think, for the yeah. second round. I was like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to yeah. stay and watch it. And, and then things started to happen. And there were the commentators at the time, I think it was Nick Fellows, was saying, you know, I think, I think there could be a victory here. And yeah. I, I'm sitting there going, well, you know, that's, that's war. You're not, you're not quite yeah, there yeah. yet. You're not quite there yet. And of course it happened. And then yeah. the scenes afterwards with the likes of, um, you know, Henrik Christofferson there, and um, and Lucas Brathens, who was, yeah, who yeah, was second, second, right? I mean, they looked they looked happier than you in a way. I mean, not yeah. happier than you, but they were so pleased, and it was really nice to see that. What, I mean, how did you, what was the reaction from all your from your you know your yeah. international teammates? Well, first, I think if, if I had a tenner for every time Nick said, I think we might have a win today, I think I'd be very rich. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, ecstatic. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to console Alex Vinatz, who'd, who'd made that big mistake at the top. Of, you know, con- condolences to him before I yeah. celebrated. Because I remember in 2018 season when I was winning in Levy and had a big lead halfway down and, and, and crashed, Felix... Um, was very respectful to myself and, and I'll always remember that. So I wanted to show my respect to, to Alex first um, because he was in a position to win. Um, obviously, I put down one of my runs of my life and I don't know if he would have beaten it anyway, but, you know, be a, be a gentleman. And then, and then, yeah, I was ecstatic. But I think the, specifically Hemrick, I've trained with him. I, he said it in an interview with you. I've trained with him a lot. Where he's also around where I'm normally training and... So yeah, we always have a good laugh when we're training and, and you get to know these guys and, and Lucas is, I don't know, 14 years younger than me. I don't know him as well, but um, yeah. I think they understand my story and where I've come from and, and respect the graft because, well, I'm, I'm the oldest ever winner of a slalom as well now from any nationality. So I think that says a lot and I think that says a lot about my um, dedication, hard work, uh, and will to keep on going no matter what until the bitter end. And uh, I think they respect that. So yeah, I don't want to just want to be like the first Brit because Britain now is on can be at the top of the world. But I'm also the the oldest of any skier in slalom to to do it at 35. So. I mean that is an incredible achievement. So what are you looking ahead? now to Cortina, Milan Cortina? I mean, is that, is that something no, that you've thought about? That sends shivers down my spine. Yeah. I remember even just after the race in an interview, someone said, what's next? What's mm. next for you? Yeah. Can you win Schladming? I was like, Firstly, it's taken me 97 World Cups to win one. So that, but it almost scared me because I knew how much work I'd put into winning. Mm. That just to think about winning again was like, oh, I just don't want to think about that because it's, it's so hard. And I think that was the worst thing for the Olympics. I think winning in Kitzbühel was actually a bad thing because the emotion, the, mm. s- the media stresses after it and everything like that was definitely a hindrance. Um, and my, I just wanted to stop the season there, reset, get my head around everything and then go again rather than have right. to race three days later in Schladming. It's, it wasn't easy to do. And, and, and also for the Olympics, it, it was tough. Yeah. Um, just emotionally and, and, and emotional fatigue was massive. Yeah. yeah. But you had an up, I mean, you didn't, you know, you had an up and down season after Kitzbühel. It wasn't all negative. I mean, you had no, some no. success as I well. I had the podium, so it was right. very Garmisch, good. Right? Garmisch, so, yeah. Yeah, but, second in Garmisch. And yeah. um, so that, I guess, cemented the fact that you can still, you know, after all that, you can, you can still go and podium or, or possibly even win again. I mean. Yeah, I was close. It was Henrik that beat me in Garmisch and... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm 
my body still feels good. I, do, I think also because I didn't ski as much when I was young, so everything's still a, not um, worse for wear as such. So as long as I can keep the motivation and the, and the training load high, then I think why why can't I keep going at the at the top level? I mean, you mentioned Henrik a couple of times. You know, I, I said to, I put it to him that he'd never looked happier losing yeah. a race <laughs> as to when he lost to you, and he kind of thought about that for two yeah. seconds and went, you know, you're you're right, yeah, uh, yeah. which is which is fantastic. <laughs> Have you ever felt as a British person on the circuit, or when you when you when you're in Austria or Switzerland or Italy or whatever Alpine country that you? somehow because you were British that you're sort of not taken seriously and do you think that's now changed not just for you but maybe for a lot of other people as well? Um, as a nation I think we certainly didn't used to be taken seriously we were called a, an exotic nation or mm. whatever well it's not exotic here but <laughs> but now I mean I've been in the top rank top 15 for six years now so um, they know that that I'm always in and around certainly the top 10 or top 15 so they know to take me seriously and I think they've also seen the next generation coming through winning Europa Cups and making the same sort of steps that I was doing slightly earlier than me um, and they, they, will, they will definitely be taking Great Britain seriously. I mean the stats, your stats are incredibly impressive. I mean over 100 World Cup starts, right? Five Winter Olympic starts I believe. Oh because of the GS, yeah. Oh, because you've well, four. I've been to four. Four Olympics yeah. and one, and so it's five starts. Yeah, yeah five starts. Yeah. I mean, that that's almost a, probably a record in itself, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't think. I think Graham Bell's been to five. Um, Shemmy's oh, been the, to four. Yeah, and they do. I'm just a one-trick pony, I, you know. Well, I think you're right. I think Graham <laughs> holds a joint record for the amount of uh, downhill Winter Olympic starts, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in the sport for those sort of records. No. I've never been in the sport even to be the the best Brit ever. I've just been in the sport to do what I can to the best of my ability. And uh, and now, like that's why now I'm proud to be able to say I'm the oldest winner of a World Cup slalom ever out of any nation. It's not yeah. just this British this British thing. And and I hope that shows that Britain should think more big picture rather than just Britain. I think now we have to start think branching out of who's the best in Britain or who's this, that and the other. It's now like, as a team, how are we on the world stage and what nation are we behind in, say, the Nations Cup or things like that? Because I always find that when someone says, oh, it's Britain's number one, I never want to be referred to as Britain's number one. But not only because I think we're bigger than that now, it's also like I'm really close to my teammates and I never want to feel like... I. I, obviously when I'm racing I need to beat them or they need to beat me but it's more of right we're going out here boys and we're going to go take this on together because we're always on the road together we live together because we're away from home the whole time skiing so we need that family spirit and, and I think we look big picture as in how are Britain doing on the world stage rather than who's Britain's best And you can see teams that are doing well that are really together as a team. You know, you think yeah. of skiing as an individual sport, but you can see those teams that are, are doing yeah, doing well. Like the Norwegians. They, like the Norwegians. Yeah. And it's great to hear that you have that kind of feeling within yeah, the yeah. GB squad. You talked about the big picture. I mean, so, and looking ahead. So how, how do you think that is happening? I mean, you know, do, do you think GB Snow Sports is, is looking at that big picture as well? And do you think they're doing the right things right now? The right things right now, I mean... You never know what the right things right now are. You see that in the future. But um, 
in terms of how we are functioning on the snow and and stuff, I think we are doing the right things and, and we do have a great bond. And I've really enjoyed having a team around because I've done so long on my own. Mm. Um, it does get, it gets lonely out there. Now I've got two young boys who are wanting yeah. to kick my ass every single day <laughs> if they can. And uh, it keeps me motivated. And, and as, as long as I can go, I, I try and help them as much as I can. More by showing rather than saying because... I think they've got to learn their own path. Hmm. Um, not everything I do will work for them, but if they can see my dedication and consistent effort, I think that's the biggest thing. And then they pick things that might work for them from what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there has obviously been some bad news on the funding side and yeah. um, that GB Snow Sports didn't secure uh, some of the funding that they were, I guess they were hoping to secure. Yeah, well, we were um, all yeah. hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got some, obviously you've got some sponsors, a team sponsor, which is uh, Swiss Peak Resorts. Yeah. And you're, you've now got a personal sponsor of Snow Rental as yeah. well. I mean, clearly that's, that's helping you, I, I would imagine. But are you getting support? Are you getting support from GB Snow Sports as well, financially? Yeah, moment? I mean, so far I've, I've, we've managed to keep the program going as they, they have been. But since UK sport funding was cut, which was rightly or wrongly, they take the Olympics as the Olympics and yeah. it's very cutthroat. Um, and should we or shouldn't we have, sort of secured more corporate sponsors off the back of my World Cup win. Who knows? It's a tough climate, but I would have hoped we wouldn't have been in this situation. But we are, and I've always been the kind of guy that thinks, right, what can I do with what I've got rather than what I could do with what I don't have? Because you can always look, what else could I have? Like, I've never really had a physio the, the old time and that sort of thing. But I've just looked after my body better because of not having one. So... The mental stress has been the biggest thing of the last three months and it's, it has taken a toll on me. Physically, I'm in really good shape. Um, I've hit my goals for the summer, which is great, but the mental side will take its toll in the winter somewhere. Um, hopefully, I'm experienced enough to deal with it, but you, you only get a certain amount of energy and you can't always just replenish energy. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds um, and hopefully... It's not confirmed yet. We will have what we need. And uh, I mean, it's the end of October, so hopefully it's soon. But um, I'm hopeful um, mm. and I will, I'll fight on anyway. I mean, I can't, ten, 10 years ago, I just had a coach and I was doing my own skis, helping set courses. I've done some hard stuff. I'll, uh, I'll knuckle down, and, but also at the same time push to have things how I believe we should do with the success we've had. Yeah, there's obviously an opportunity then. I mean, you know, lucky sponsors maybe at the moment. And yeah. uh, there's an opportunity for people to, to look at what's happening with the yeah. GB team and come in. Yeah, I mean, I would say my personal sponsors, Gurgle, Fisher, now um, the others, Snow Rental. Um, they've always been good to me and, and they're still there. They've got my back. I just need the platform to perform. That's all I need. I've, and I've always said, just give me the platform and that's all I can ask, ask for. So, yeah, if any sponsors were thinking of coming on board, then... I don't think British skiing's ever been in a better spot in terms of results. We've got six people scoring World Cup points, so it's it's pretty special at the moment, yeah. and hopefully we can grow again as a as a team and as a, a brand. So December Val d'Isere, you looking forward to that? I never look forward to Val d'Isere. <laughs> it's difficult. It's, it's hard enough skiing yeah. down that slope at the best yeah. of times, let alone when you've got a load of poles and I'm looking a bunch of people to, to race against. I'm looking forward to competing again. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a case of, it's 
it's in, it's incredibly difficult. So uh, no, I'll do. My, I'll go through my routines. I'll, I'll get in the mode on the day and 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 the week, the week building up. Still now, I'm in focused on um, the fundamentals of of getting better. Really, at, with equipment, with everything. So um, yeah, just okay. do the things that I need to do now and worry about the race probably when I go to Sweden next. And that's where we start ramping it up. And then once I come back from there, it'll be right. It's, it's race time. And favorite, favorite racetrack, take Kitzbühel out of that equation. Um, yeah, I've never said Kitzbühel. Where do you want to win now? I mean, like, you know. You know, I mean, I've had a first and a second in Kitzbühel. So something in my mind says third would be cool. I should think I want to win again, but something's in my mind saying, yeah, I get the set. But mm. I've always loved Madonna. I've always liked racing there. I'm generally being good there. I straddled on the second run there last year after being in fourth on the first run. So mm-hmm. I like it there. The night race is like atmosphere. a coliseum. It's yeah. it's awesome, and and I like the slope. So okay. um, there, I would love to. Oh, win. I'd like to go and watch that. I mean, I'll, I'll, any, great. I'll take any. I'm not. Picky. <laughs> I'm not getting picky. <laughs> And celebration-wise, tell us how you celebrated Kitzbühel in the end. I know you, you know you had a, a race. Yeah, I mean, we're always a couple of days after. Yeah, in Schladming, but uh, the uh, the staff must have been a party the, the staff certainly had a, a few. Uh, well, we couldn't party because <laughs> of COVID, True. so we had to we and we had a nice meal. We toasted success, and and the coaches had a couple of couple of champagnes, and I had one or two myself because yeah. if you don't celebrate the success, what you're doing it for? Um, I've tried my whole life to do that, so. Yeah, I took it in and yeah, but it wasn't a massive party, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Dave, it's been brilliant speaking to you. No um, good luck this season. We'll be watching out for you Thank all you. the time. And uh, good luck. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. Rob, love that interview. I have listened to that. I must have listened to it about 10 times before I even uploaded that. It's it's so insightful, isn't it? You know, it's really, really interesting hearing from someone that's now incredibly experienced at what they do. Very, very successful. Let's face it. He is one of the most successful uh, alpine ski racers in the world, uh, let yeah. alone in Great Britain. <laughs> what was really interesting is, is after that interview, we also sat down for a while, just sort of like sorting our gear out and stuff and just about to go. And we were chatting about, and I, you know, he's, he's a new father as well, right? He's got, right, yeah, he's got a yeah. young child at home and he owns the cafe, Boskins Cafe in Tarleston and his wife, Mandy's running that. Uh, and wow. I said to him, I know, I remember, cause you know, we travel a lot as well, but it's a bit different. I, I remember when my daughter was young and going out skiing and walking out that door obviously with a bit of excitement but at the same time it's really hard walking away from that and going away for for a week maybe a long way away he's yeah. away for the whole season i said are you going are you going home dave <laughs> no i don't think so i was like how does that make you feel when you walk out the door he said yeah it's it's really tough, tough. love the bit where he talked about what a family spirit that they all created as a team and that close bond. No wonder he's looking to his, his teammates and creating that family bond with them all away. No wonder. I've seen those guys in action as a team. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I was in Cron Montana when they were training there between the two World Cup races. And I spent a little bit of time with them. They are a strong team. They yeah. really are. It's fantastic, isn't it? Well, so when can we be looking out for his first, when's his first race? That's the exciting part. 
Yeah, so quite a light, late start for the uh, slalom guys this winter. Val d'Isere will be their first race of the season on Sunday, December the 11th. Um, of course, Eurosport will be covering those races uh, live. Um, so I'll be watching. I, I'll actually be in Switzerland uh, that weekend, but I will be watching. <laughs> I'm sure I will do my utmost uh, to watch that. I might have to watch it on my phone sitting on a chairlift. I've done that a few uh... times. But yeah, there we go. Hard life, eh? <laughs> Tough life, Rob. Well, fantastic interview. Thanks for uh, thanks for meeting up today. And we'll be back with our regular episode next week. To all of our listeners, don't forget to subscribe so you get the latest episode downloaded. Rob, have a good week next week. Anything exciting that I need to look forward to? I think we're meeting up for dinner on Tuesday night, Dom. That's exciting, isn't it? Dinner on Tuesday night. And skiing with Shemi? I am skiing with Shemi Alcott on uh tuesday morning before we have dinner so i'll be i'll be ready for some apres ski i think skiing with shemi at the snow center uh at hemel hempstead with the ski club of great britain i love it very good look forward to seeing you and uh we'll speak again cheers don au revoir